Welcome, everybody, to episode 12 of the Hockey Toolkit. I am Trevor DiCarlo. I'm Andrew Trimble, co-host. Co-host. You are the talent. I am just the brains of the operation when things actually work. (laughs) Well, I, I know for a fact I couldn't. I couldn't be the brain, so that works for me. <laughs> I got very few brain cells, so I mean, we're, I'm using what I can. But uh, I think that this is going to be a phenomenal episode for uh, everybody involved uh, at any level: parents, coaches, uh, players, especially players, but mainly parents and players. And then uh, we got a great guest with uh, some very insightful information on the recruiting side of uh, at the college level, uh, NCAA. But before we jump into that, uh, Andrew, what's going on in your world? Yeah, so our, our seasons have finished up. It's kind of a, a slow period as the rec- recruiting season for junior hockey really starts to kick in over these next couple weeks. Uh, we recently made a trip out to Buffalo, New York with our U16 teams and competed in the national tournament. Uh, teams really performed very well. I'm very proud of those the teams and the kids and the families that uh, you know jumped in and, and, we, and we took those challenges head on. Uh, really, you know, you know, you have certain moments in your program or your teams when you're certain, you know, you're really proud of the kids. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously when you win a championship or things like that, you're proud of the kids, but you don't always have those moments when you, when you, when you don't win, you you have also, you know, you have those moments when you have some kind of, they dig deep and they find success. And, and certainly I experienced that this weekend with the group of kids we have. So shout out to our U16 Wolves, super proud of those kids. How about you, Trevor? Well, first of all, congrats to, uh, you know, the teams and to you. Um, Thank you. And I was seeing him pop up all over social media, and uh, I was like, hey, I know this guy. I know the team that he's working with. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so what I've lately uh, just been uh, – had a little bit of spring break uh, action. So we've uh, had kids – we had one week of practice uh, in like a skill session, and then we took a week off, and now we're right back on it. Uh, we actually have our first tournament already next weekend. Uh um, uh-huh. And it's, again, it's the spring season, so it's more or less just kind of seeing what the kids are going to look like potentially for fall. Um, and then, you know, just making it fun for them right now. And hopefully, you know, within the seven, eight weeks that the season is, we just hopefully they learn something, but most of all, hopefully they have some fun. So that's kind of where, uh, kind of where I'm at. And then, uh, yeah, just looking to see what I can do this summer, uh, clinic wise, you know, my own stuff and everything else in between. So I can't, uh, not a whole lot, but uh, what- yeah, the hockey season really is compartmentalized. Obviously, you have your winter season, which is you know your primary season, where you have September to or late August to March or whatever. Uh, spring season is a unique beast, definitely. Uh, and then you have your summer season, which are camps or things like that. Uh, I know this isn't the topic of the day, but um, what is your favorite season for hockey? Um, you know, I for me. I really like – it's a tie, but I would say I really like the beginning um, of the season. Uh, this, you know, this, we talked kind of touched on this last episode um, with the, you know, taking players. Like when you're, you're you're selecting your teams, I really enjoy that that time because you're you're full of excitement, you know. Like, all right, you're taking it. And while there is some, you know, there is some nervous energy in there as well because you're like, you know, am I making the right picks here and this and that. Um, there's a lot of like just optimism and then you get into the regular season and then it's just like, you realize what you got. So it's all crashing downhill. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, it's, I like that aspect because it's like, you're, you're hopeful, not only hopeful, but 
you're just so enthused to be back at the rink, everything back to the, you know, quote unquote grind. But for guys like you and I, we love that grind. Um, so I, I say I really like the beginning. So it's that fall part. Um, you know, I think the worst is for me is usually like just kind of the middle and I say middle, but you know, the, I really, I don't like February's and I don't like March's because I know that my season's coming to an end. Um, the dog you know, days, the dog yeah, days of winter. Yeah, and you know, and again, I know that's like playoff time and um, all that, which again, I love that too. But it's like it's kind of it, it, not sad. I mean, it's sad in a certain way of that. You know, I, I've loved what I've been doing that year with those kids, and um, I'm gonna miss out. You know, it's like I'm gonna miss it. You know, so you've got that routine already set up, and now all of a sudden, routine's gonna change eventually because season will be over. So, um, you know, again, it's it's just kind of. Bittersweet is what it really is. So, but yeah, that yeah. beginning of the year though, I really love that. How about yourself, coach? I like. I mean, I like obviously playoff season when you know, like you have a good team, you're going to the playoffs, you can game plan and get ready for a series, things like that. I really enjoy that, obviously. But then, on the other side, what I like to like, what makes me smile the most? I, I mean, I, it's it's summer hockey. It's like it's like going to camps. Like I love, uh, you know, I've run I have six camps this summer here in New Hampshire. They're all different styles, whether a weekend camp or a week long or one day, but, uh, you know, those are so much fun. Just having kids come to hockey camp and doing hockey card trivia and playing for the scoring concepts cup and the whole thing. It's just like I, summer hockey is, uh, it's a lot of fun. And when you get like, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-olds and you're, you know, you can see a big jump in their game, but they can also see a lot of smiling faces. I love it. No, yeah, and it's, for me, again, it's, you know, that's one thing I do miss about with me not working full time in hockey anymore, um, at, at this moment, um, that said, if you're listening, and you're looking for someone, you can call my agent. But uh, <laughs> if I could even afford an agent, um, but uh, yeah, that's one thing I do miss is the summers because you've got you know all those camps and all those different you know as you said, you know we used to do you know like theme camps, you know like stick handling camp or you know and you don't. You don't really get to do that during this, you know, the regular season. You could, you might have one like for labor or not labor, but like President's Day or maybe like yeah. a spring or winter break camp. I don't know why I keep saying all these things that are in springtime almost <laughs> or summer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I do miss that. So you said six camps you're holding this year. Um, and then you get, you're doing some, was I just see it today that you're doing some type of, uh, off ice, uh, road hockey? Oh, we're doing some street hockey. Yeah. Nice. So, so um, you know, the rink, they take the ice out here in Laconia in, like, today. Like, they, they take the ice out. And then they don't put it back in until August. Okay. Um, so I do my camps at Plymouth State or a rink called Waterville Valley. It's like a ski town about an hour north. Um, but that ice, you know, the, the, the facility in Laconia is pretty unused. And I've done, you know, different things with street hockey throughout the years, of whether it's a one-day drop-in or Sunday nights or things like that. But I really wanted to commit to doing – because we got to grow the sport here in the Lakes region. There's a lot of, there's not a lot of kids who are picking up a stick or putting on skates for the first time. So we're going to do a month long Sunday nights drop in uh, street hockey right here at the Merrill Fay Arena. And I, I've already gotten like 30 emails about kids who want to come, and uh, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be great. And uh, it's that time of the year too. It's hot in that building, so you, you work out a good sweat. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to score some goals. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> Fantastic. And, uh, it's good. I'm going to do some damage. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, we, uh, we did that one year out here. We did, uh, 
you know, we didn't actually, we, they were, ter- they took the ice down at the rink where we uh, I was working at and we ended up doing an off ice camp like the whole summer, like every week we, that's we, awesome. we have a, uh, where we had at the time access to an outdoor rink, uh, that was used for like roller players or whatever. Um, cause it was a park district thing. We were able to go out there and use it. Um, we went twice a day and we did a whole bunch of different, you know, just athletics type stuff. But then also, you know, you got hockey and then you play your road hockey. Um, and then, you know, we were working out of a gym at one point, uh, cause it was park district. So, you know, and the kids could go play basketball or we do some more hockey type stuff. It, honestly, it was outside the box because, you know, every year we'd always do ice, you know, ice camps. And this, that one year we couldn't because we literally had no sheets of ice. So it was outside the box and it was fun. It was awesome. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's also back to the game's grassroots there, you know? Totally. Totally. I love it. Can't wait to get started. Now tell me our topic of the day. Yes, sir. I'm excited about this topic. I'm, uh, in the thick of it right now with our teams, uh, recruiting. And we want to talk, look at it from a, you know, you got a college coach's perspective, but we also want to get the perspective of things that maybe athletes can do to make themselves more attractive or athletes shouldn't do to kind of stay away from certain things. So recruiting is our topic for the week. Trevor, hit us up with some of your your best ideas for kids who are looking to go to co- go to college or junior to get recruited uh, at the perspective next level. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> – we're going to talk – I mean, you know, I think, you know, I've talked about it, you know, how we could split this up into two different – segment so um you know because you do you've got recruiting not only at the junior level but also at the the college level and so, some kids don't even you know the, the top one per point one five percent you know they don't even have to hit the junior level but uh pretty much everybody else hits the junior level in order to get to that you know college level but um you know you know some of my best advice is always and we do touch on this with our interview with uh coach power as well as we've talked about it before is you know especially at the college level make sure you're wherever you're looking make sure they have what you want to major in um you know and uh make sure you're you know those are things that are important for us uh for you as a player um and realize that there's so much out there you know hockey wise that it doesn't you know ncaa d3 acha you know d1 those levels are Almost some of them, you know, could beat others at those levels. Um, you know, there's just so much hockey out there. So don't, don't get too narrow minded in the sense of like your tunnel vision of, Hey, I got to do this. And if I don't, you know, let's see in the world. Like look at all your options out there. Cause there's so many of them. And For again, sure. you know, I just saw on, uh, the hockey planner, uh, posted an article today about, uh, I heard that's pretty good. It is. It is. But you see, you had the one, uh, you had the infograph of the, the scoring areas, but yeah. I, I've got the infograph of the, uh, it's somewhat similar of like player, you know, where everybody's coming from pro wise. Like, oh, nice. You know, I, I don't want to be the one to burst anyone's bubble, but, you know, it's more or less just not everybody's going to be able to make the NHL. Not everybody's going to be able to make the, you know, the female professional leagues, whatever those, those levels are. So it's, you know, just try and keep an open mind, see what you can get to and do your best at each level. And again, you always want to, you know, try and get to that next higher level, but don't try and get the point. Don't go from A to C, try and make sure that you you're hitting a B and then get to C. So, I mean, there's a lot, 
I could, you know, kind of say it and suggest, but I don't want to take away too many of our myths that we'll end up talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but uh, what about yourself? What do you got for any, you know, you know, players out there right now? Number one, I'd say do the work. So it's a couple things on that. Like, number one, you got to do the work. Like, it's not about a good weekend, okay? If I have a good two or three games here, oh, Lindenwood's going to come calling. No, you got to do the work, and it's going to be years of work uh, to get to that next level. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, so you can't just you can't just hope for a good weekend. You got to put in the work and then do the homework. Yeah. So like, don't just uh, oh the first oh this school likes me, so I'm just going to go there. Then you get on campus and you know it's an all boys school in the middle of Iowa, uh, and it doesn't have your major. Like you got to know what you're signing up for. That sounds so, depressing. <laughs> <laughs> not to hate on Iowa, I'm sure Iowa's lovely, but you know like you have to do come on, <laughs> you have to do the homework. You got to know what you're signing up for. So, uh, you know, Lindenwood may, may come calling, but if they don't have your academic major and you want to be whatever you want to be, it's not going to help you down the road. So you're going to have to look at other options. So I would say that it's the work plus the homework that, that can lead to the path where you want to get to. And I think you brought up, I mean, you said it homework wise, and I think it also has a double meaning of you need to also make sure your schoolwork's up up to par too. Like just don't get too focused on those athletics because at the end of the day, in college, you are a student athlete, not an athlete. You're a student athlete. It, I mean, your grade point average does matter. Your test scores do matter. Now, again, do you have to be the most, you know, brainiest kid in the world? No, I mean, you're, unless you're trying to get into Harvard or Yale. Um, but make sure you're focusing on that because I, you know, I, I have talked to coaches before who were like, yeah, I really liked the kid, but couldn't keep his GPA up or his scores were so bad. And again, not everybody, you know, not everybody's the greatest student. I completely understand that, but you're going to have to at least make an attempt um, because if it comes down to you and another player and you as a player, you know, you've, you've been sloughing off in high school and you, you got a 2.0, the other kid's got a 2.5, but you're slightly better or, you know, he's got, maybe they got a 3.0. That's 2.5. It's not, it's not fair. Say a 3.0. If the coach most likely for their numbers, they're going to go with the kid who's got a 3, 3.0, even if you are just a slightly better player or you hit slightly better stats, they're most likely going to go with that kid who had the 3.0 because it's safer bet on their side. So, sure. um, you know, yeah, the higher percentage you're going to get that kid for four years. If he's a good student, if the kid's going to on the verge of failing out, you got him for one year. I'll take the kid for four years any day. Right. So, you know, I know it's, I know it's another buzzword and going around, but it's like, you want to stack the deck in your favor. You want to have as many cards as you can so that, uh, you know, again, give him every, give him every reason not to cut you every reason to take you, you know, um, so yeah, make sure you're doing your homework and make sure you're, you know, you're keeping your t- score test scores up. And again, so that's, that's my two cents. I mean, that's one thing I wish I, when I was coming up that I would have, uh, you know, would have done a little bit better. I always thought, oh yeah, C's will get the de- degrees, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but again, I mean, not that it held me back from, well, I mean, it did honestly, actually, if we're being thrown out there. Yeah. I mean, when I played at Robert Morris, I, uh, could have saved my family and myself some money, um, you know, because I could have had another grant added on. I just didn't have the test scores. And because my ACT score was at a certain point, I, I did well in the ACT, right? But, you know, but because my GPA wasn't there, because I didn't really, I was like, what's homework, <laughs> you know? Um, but because I didn't do that, like, that held me back and held back money that could have gone right into my schooling. So, um, so I mean, I know firsthand what it's, you know, what it's like. And, you know, don't make that mistake if you're out there. 
Absolutely. Now, before we throw it over to um, Coach Powers with with uh, Lindenwood, I got one story to tell you. I don't know if I've actually said this story before, but I'm going to go for it. Shoot. Um, so my dad ran the Ocean Hockey School for uh, a lot of years in Bricktown, New Jersey, mid-90s. He had a young coach who came on for the summer staff for a couple summers in a row. Uh, he was the assistant coach at North Adams State. Really great guy. He had just finished up playing at SUNY Cortland. And uh, he was really an eager beaver. We wanted to work, work all the time and build his network of coaches. His name is Derek Lamond. Um, so he worked for a number of years at the Ocean Hockey School in the summers. Um, and then I went to play junior here in Laconia. And he got hired to be the assistant coach at Lebanon Valley College, uh, which was a new college, Division three in uh, the middle of Pennsylvania. And he had had me that summer, like the year before, I toured North Adams State and was interested, but I wanted to go play the year junior, and he thought it would be a good idea to do play the year junior. But little, let alone the next spring, um, he said, we'd like you to come to Lebanon Valley, check out the school, we'd like you to come here. Uh, so I drive out with my mom from New Jersey. It's about a four-hour drive, and I was like, Mom, I don't really know much about this school, but I think it's in the middle of nowhere. And she was like, well, you know Coach Derek, and he's a good guy, and he wouldn't stay right on the path. Yeah, let's just go check out the school. And, I, and we're driving past, you know, I probably hadn't been out past Philly in my life uh, <laughs> from New Jersey. So all of a sudden we get past Philly and it's like, well, there's another cornfield. Oh, <laughs> it smells like cows out here. This is interesting. And we're like now an hour deep past Philly. And I'm like, mom, I think we're getting towards like Amish country. <laughs> and she was like, it is not Amish country. You're not even giving this place a chance. I'm driving out all this way. Literally, as she said that, we looked up at an overpass. And there was a broken down horse and buggy. <laughs> oh, the, horse, the, the wheel had fallen off this thing. And uh, I was like, Mom, this is crazy. <laughs> I, I'm not going to function here. So we went, we went and met with you know Coach Derek. And there was another uh, – he was the assistant coach. He was the head coach. And they ran a great program. And actually, you know, like everything Derek Lalonde touched, they uh, went from being a starter-up program to like being – you know, one of the top teams in Division Three within a year or two, and then he moved on to further heights. Uh, but I chose the opposite of that, and I went to Buffalo, <laughs> which was the opposite. Of... Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a good segue to go over to uh, Jason Powers, running a great program as the assistant coach at Lindenwood, and now we'll put his interview in right here with one of the best in the country. Welcome, everybody, to this interview. Uh, we've got Jason Power, uh, currently with Lindenwood University. Uh, Jason is the assistant coach over there. This is uh, your first. This was your first season at the NCAA level, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, Jason, I mean, why don't you give us a little bit of a bio about yourself? Oh, geez, that's a loaded bio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> headed into my 25th year of coaching, spent you know, decade plus doing midgets and youth hockey, got in a junior hockey landscape around 2008, 2008, nine, I believe, uh, started coaching tier three in the now defunct great lakes, junior hockey league, moved up to the North American league with Springfield. Um, also had a pit stop with Topeka, you know, in the North American league, went on to the USHL, both Omaha and Lincoln, and then, uh, joined, Lindenwood, this was my fourth season there. It was kind of an opportunity to basically, you know, I live in St. Louis, my family's here. And so 
I couldn't pass it up, you know, so um, join them at the ACHA ranks, you know, which is phenomenal hockey. I don't think it gets enough credit. And, you know, part of when I got over there, it was, hey, here's the game plan. We want to make this jump. And I was like, oh, rock, let's do it. So we kind of created, you know, a, a game plan in terms of, uh, you know, where my background came in. It was all the recruiting and then scheduling and so forth. And, uh, you know, it was right COVID hit, you know, but we uh, man still pieced together, you know, three conference championships that I was there for. You know, they had won two previous and then uh, we won the national tournament last year before we made the jump to NCAA Division One this year. So it's been a fun time. You know, I don't – we kind of laugh. You, you look at – you know, obviously the program's phenomenal program. It was well intact before I got there. You know, Coach Zombo, you know, runs a tight ship. The culture is there. Uh, he and I see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, so it was a natural fit for me. So it was like, yeah, perfect, let's do this. You know, and then I was able to bring in some stuff that – um, kind of just made it all a little, you know, filled in some gaps, you know, and then obviously the goaltending background. So it was just, it, it works, you know, and then uh, we just kind of giggle sometimes we'll be out on the road. Like who would have thought this would have been the reality two years ago, three <laughs> years ago and, you know, and whatnot. So we'll just, we keep pushing away. That's, that's great, Jason. I think that um, that brings us really into our, our theme for the night is, is, you know, recruiting and some of the, the pitfalls and things that you see a lot in recruiting and your experience, background coaching and recruiting at the junior level and now coaching at the NCAA division one level. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to a prospective athlete, what would that advice be? Uh, two pieces. Don't give up and dominate. That would be without question. You know, like um, I, I, now at the NCAA Division One level, I'm probably getting nothing short 30, 40 emails a day. And it can be kids all over the scope, you know, a kid that played high school hockey that just, you know, doesn't understand the ladder and the path. You know, uh, guys that are playing in juniors respect the, the leagues. Or, you know, unfortunately, we'll touch on the portal in a bit. But, you know, it's April. So you're starting to see all these O2s and their advisors throw what we call Hail Marys. Just like, you know, it'll be a great <laughs> walk on. Like, well, I could fill a whole arena, you know, of, of that kind of guy, you know, and you, you respect their, their trying. And sometimes, it, you know, you find an apple, but uh, it, it's don't give up, but more importantly, dominate, you know, the thing that I, I wish I could respond to every single player and kind of give them some cliff notes, but you know, that you can't really, but it's one of these things you, you get an email from a kid and you're going, you know, you played seven games, you had no points. Like how, how what do you, how do you feel it qualifies you? You know, and it's not like, you know, you're in the USHL in seven games and there was an injury and there's a backstory. You're like, okay, we all know it, but it's, you know, from a league that I might not typically scout and you're just kind of going, ah, you know, and then at the end of the day, I don't think people understand or respect, you know, um, the amount of hours that we put in as a staff. You know, we got a guy in our office, Mark, who's a, a savant and he watches more video than I do. And, you know, but, um, I'm also the guy that's on the road and in the rinks. You, you, you see stuff in person you don't always see on video. You know I mean? You just got to take that body of information and call it down and continue to narrow and then approach. But I don't think a lot of people truly respect the amount of diligence in today's world, especially with the media, you know, with all the video that's available online and all the applications like Instat and Lead Prospects and RinkNet that that's available to us for us to do our diligence and, you know, call through all the, the info. So sometimes you get emails from kids and it's like, you know, 
you're already well aware of the person or, or whatnot. They just, you know, they can be a poet in an email and say, well, they're not selling me on it. You know, so, but now, uh, is there, is there anything that happens? You know, you get these emails, right? You, you mm-hmm. obviously scout a ton in person. You also, obviously you watch a lot of video, but emails are a, are a hot button issue because you can just fire them off to any coach in the country. If you could give a kid, uh, you know, a word of advice, that's coming from a sure. one coach on an email, what would that look like? You know, so interestingly enough, I wrote an article like in 2011 on this. Back in the day, guys would mail you DVDs of themselves. Now we got YouTube, <laughs> you know, but the every year somebody finds it and then resurfaces it and goes, holy shit, it's still applicable. I go, keep it like a mini skirt, you know, short and sweet. Make me want more, you know, like yeah. send me yeah. an email. I, I, Hey, send me an email. Sometimes I respond to guys going, hey, you know, like we're full, uh, but you know, I passed your name on to so-and-so I, I do that all the time, you know, um, you know, but you get emails and it can be like, dear coach power in one color font and size. And then boop, the body of the text is purple. And I go, uh, yeah. I know you're just forwarding it, you know, Cop- so copying paste. Part, <laughs> yeah. But part of me is kind of like, you didn't put in the time. So why should I, you know, maybe that's the wrong approach, but that's I great, sit there for advice. Seven, eight hours a day, just on the laptop. I mean, I'm running a laptop with a secondary monitor and an iPad, you know, all, you know, my brain's just on this highway. But uh, <laughs> keep it short. Just be like, you know, to Coach Andrew, my name's Jason Power. I'm a six foot five goalie. I wish, you know, <laughs> you know I, I play in this league. You know, I played here. Here's three references. I'd love to talk to you more. Here's a link to my elite prospects. I have videos available on Instat if you have the time. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. You know, if, if you have an advisor, not saying that you need an advisor, this is my advisor's contact info as well. You know, and so you know, you have something. The other thing I always tell people is like, you got to find some kind of a commonality. I don't think people really appreciate that. Uh, I was in sales for 30 years, you know, and so a guy would walk into, you know, I used to work for Guitar Center. You know, guy walks in and if he's wearing like snakeskin boots, you know, it's, it's not a country music fan. He's probably in love with the 80s rock and just like bro when you start talking but you start talking about some concert and he catches on and you start with this bond and then you start doing the sales pitch so it's kind of right it was hey coach power you know like uh you know my grandfather was born in romania i see you coach the romanian national team what a small world you know now i'm kind of hooked but but you know the minister effect like i'm reading it going oh no kidding you know like i might reach out like what city was he from you know hell i might have met the guy you know i mean it's just one of those things, find a commonality or, oh, I played with so-and-so on your roster or, um, you know, a guy that I skated with in the summer, you know, I, I was so impressed with him and he was at Lindenwood, you know, and it's, his name was Andrew. And it's like, okay, you know, an icebreaker, if you will, have yeah. something in there. Don't just, you know, you're not Soviets. This is my name. Here's my info. Please reach out. But <laughs> the other thing is don't, don't, I get some emails where, uh, I, I always say like massive emails are bought, you know, or, you know, text from the wife sometimes, you know, it's big, long bodies of words are like a goalie blocker. All you do is you're just deflecting. Like I, I don't have time to read <laughs> for sure. Eight paragraphs. You know I mean? It's just, no, I know. Right? Eight, eight, yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, like you know the same thing. Like you touched on it. I coached juniors, you know, I was in that realm for, I don't know, 10 years, 11 years, 12 years. It's like, I went from being the guy that, you know, still, it's the same recruiting process, just now the kids are faster and then selling the kids to college. Now I'm on the college side, you know, acquiring the, the, the players, you know, but uh, 
keep it sweet, man. Like there's nothing you're going to write that I'm going to go, Oh my goodness. I've never heard of you. And I, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've watched that league, but I got to have it. You know, it just, it doesn't happen in today's world. Yeah, that's no. a great piece of advice with like just that finding commonality. When we talk to kids about sending an email to a college coach, you, you know, reference that past weekend's games, you know, or reference a major sure. academic interest that you have that they have on campus. But so that's a big up, one. You brought up one yeah, thing yeah. about the advisor part. How often do you communicate with advisors at the NCAA Division <laughs> One level? There's a hot button issue, but I'm going to, you know, I know that you're yeah. going to give a great answer. So I'm, I'm, I'm laying it up most. for you. The most PC answer. That, that's <laughs> that's delicate, delicate landscape. That's the sure. thorn bush growing on a soil in a plastic bag. Um, <laughs> I deal with advisors every single day. Um, I will Don't look just too say, pleased. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say. I'm not even going to go there. I, I will say, you know, there are advisors that are NHLPA agents as well, you know, or a part of agencies and, and they're a whole different echelon, you know, and when you're involved with those guys, like it, it's business, business, and every team's involved with them. And you, know, you go look at the frozen four right now. And I bet you every kid on those rosters is to a certain group of agencies, you know, just, it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, I'll say this. I think in the last 10 years, becoming an advisor is just fermented into a new norm. And there's a lot of people that never had any skin in the game. And I think there are some advisors out there that do it just to profit. That's their job. Respect, you know, like you, you found a market, you know, like I, my job is I wake up and do recruiting, you know, work with goalies. So uh, to each their own, you know, I don't hold that against them, but you, you tend to see a lot of, uh, God, I was hoping we would avoid this one. When, when an advisor Sorry. reaches out, no, it's all good. When an advisor reaches out to us, uh, I'd say 90% of the bullshit factor is gone. Okay. Like you're not calling me on a, on a certain kid playing in a tier three league in the Southeast. It, it just, it doesn't happen. You know, like, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. They know better, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it, it does, you know, unless that kid's real young, you know, if he's an 05, 06, you know, like, oh, let's look at him on the radar and so forth. But, you know, no disrespect to said unnamed league. It just doesn't happen, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you, but you get all the advisors. And then again, right now with the portal, you know, I mean, that's their job. You know, and there's, I didn't look it up, but there's over 200 kids in the portal right now. And what that means wow. is it's 200 kids that played D1 this past year that are in the portal, you know, and their advisors are hammering phones because they got to find homes for the kids, you know, and you know, respect to them. But, uh, yeah, I, I deal with advisors Every day, I don't think an hour goes by where I don't get a text from an advisor. Um, <laughs> some of which you both have known me for years, especially Andrew. You know, it's I can be the, the nicest teddy bear in the world, and I can be just, you know, <laughs> Colonel Power and bark right at you. You know, like, you know, how about you introduce yourself before you tell me that I'm insane not to take a kid? You know, that's that's my little <laughs> soapbox thing. Like, you know, do you know my roster? Do you know my locker room? Do you know my head coach? Do you know our style of play? Like, how does this kid help my team? But what is but, the, in the last 30 years, you know, you've been you've been coaching, you have a wealth of experience at multiple levels, uh, had success at all those levels. What have you really seen the biggest change in the last 30 years in the players and that oh, recruiting process? What does that look like, the evolution of that process to you? That process used to be kids reaching out, 
doing the work. You know, like you go back to 2008, nine, even at the, the tier three level, actually when I started, it was junior B tier two, you know, like it was before USA hockey flipped to the tier one, two, three standard, you know, they yep. had junior A, B, C, and actually it might've been junior C. Now that I think about it, you know, but we didn't care, you know, but you posted tryout dates, kids were calling from around the country, you hosted a tryout, you know, you made a team, you went to work, you know, yeah, there were some trades, you know, we didn't trade people to make us better at that time. It was, you know, here's a kid from, here's a kid from New England and he's obviously homesick. And it's like, you know what? I got a buddy coaching the, the Wolves out there. Andrew and Andrew's got a kid from Chicago. Let's swap. So the kids are yeah. closer to home, you know? So yeah. you did, you did your, you did what was best for the kids. Not that they don't do what's best for the kids now. You know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not a, uh, you know, like a, a buzz one liner that gets us in trouble, but oh, you're all good. It was, it, yeah, it was, it was a completely different paradigm. You know, um, I was in Springfield before I even heard of an advisor and I was like, do what? You know, I remember looking at it, the kid that, you know, I brought up from tier three and then he had an advisor and I was like, what, why? Like, what's he doing? I, I didn't, I didn't understand the concept. It was foreign to me, you know, but that was 2010, you know? So yeah. you're kind of like, okay, you know, whereas now, the first question you ask is who's your advisor, you know, yeah. and it's rare you get a kid that says, I don't have one. If they do, you're kind of like, Oh, it's an orphan. You love them. You know, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but it, it's, everyone's got one. It, it's, it's just part of the trade, if you will, anymore. But I think that, I think, uh, you know, I, I think just the general youth has changed. You know, I mean, you look at all the, crap going on in our country right now we didn't have that 25 years ago and 15 years ago you know and kids were harder you know like uh like i tell my own kids you know my son's 13 i love him to death you know but don't leave the house without a cell phone i want it you know we got old trackers where are you i was 13 i lived in japan you know i was at yokoya air force base you know i didn't have a phone my brother and i get on a bike go to tokyo disneyland on a saturday afternoon if we wanted to come back you know and then dad's not there and you find out oh you know what he got on his C-130 and had to, you know, hop over to, you know, Kadena, you know, or something. And you're just like, all right, but, you know, we lived in a military community and I looked just like my dad. So I couldn't go anywhere without someone going out. It's Colonel Power, you know, but nonetheless, <laughs> it's just the times have changed, right? You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, whereas now the, the parents are extremely involved. Social media, social media has changed the game. Um, you know, you can do almost all your recruiting via social media. It's everybody wants to flash. Everybody wants that. You know, like uh, I, I'm involved in our social media and it's funny, you know, we track all the metrics and there's certain things you post, and, you know, you got 200 likes in a matter of five seconds. You can see what the parents repost, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, like I got an email from a parent, you know, my son's never in any of the pictures and I'm going like, you know, the funny story. And I had a kid come to me. He's like, how come we don't use me in any of our stuff? And I go, I don't take her photos, bro. I'm on the bench. And he's like, yeah, I go every, we played, I think 30 games on the road this first year. I go, we don't have a photographer with us. It's what the other team takes. He's like, <laughs> okay. I go, they're not really taking photos of us carrying the puck, making their guys look bad. Right. So unless you throw a big hit, you know, or there's a scrum at our net, there's no photos. You know, and he's just like, Oh shit. I didn't think about that. And I'm like, so then the next game I, I went over to the photographer. I found him and it's like, Hey, can you do me a favor? I need you to take a photo of, Number 79, we don't have a 79, let's just say that it's number, you know, like, I yeah. have nothing of them. And they were just like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. He got the best photo because it's him with the puck. Everyone else is like, what, WTF, you know? <laughs> because the photographer had to go out and find him. But social media is the biggest, probably the biggest game changer. You know, like, uh, the kid commits to us. It's like it's not official until he posts it on Twitter. Yep. 
you know, oh, yeah. the problem is some of these Copy kids that post it, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. posted on Instagram, their connection and their friend network, they all see it to the tunes of thousands. Well, I might not follow you on Instagram, you know, or your settings to private, you know, and so right. you put it on Twitter, you know, I had a few kids, they had to go make a, uh, a Twitter profile just to make their announcement. And then all of a sudden you see it populate all like Heisenberg's <laughs> list and everything else. And I'm going, it's like, you people don't believe if I said, Hey, I went recruited Andrew. Nobody believes me. He puts it on Twitter with the, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah, no shit. Well, then all of a sudden everybody, everyone's like, Oh, Jason and uh, Linwood recruited this kid. We saw it on Twitter. And they're going, okay. So social media is a, a big thing. Um, you know, I think social media is also, made people help people more accountable you know like you, you can't sit there and bs kids you know or if you're gonna run that uh we don't have it obviously at our level but just speaking of junior teams and you know exactly what team i'm referring to you know like if you don't have your <laughs> shit together every kid's gonna talk about it you know whether it's from building to jerseys etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's you yeah. know I, I think it's helped you know like when i first got the mall in 2010 you had a couple yeah, I mean, you can go read up on it. There was a couple shady operators, you know, and it's, you know, but you didn't have social media. Twitter just kind of started. Nobody was on Facebook, you know. I mean, MySpace was still around. Nobody talked about it. Nowadays, if you <laughs> pulled some of those stunts, yeah, like, you know, nowadays we see the videos of kids pushing buses or, you know, during COVID, kids having to take taxis to the rink because of the stupid rules. But that stuff hits social media in two seconds. You know, yeah. and the whole, the whole, Hockey space is aware of it, and it, it's changed how you do things because you got to mind. You know, some people really need they had to up their game. They had to mind their p's and q's. So I think social media is probably had the biggest impact for change. You know, I agree with you. I think that like like you said, it held, has held a lot of organizations accountable, and you, it's really given a lot of transparency to a lot of parents. If you're not you a go. good operator, like your kids, uh, there's visual evidence and proof of that you're not doing the right things. Now, when it comes to recruiting. Um, you know, obviously parents are like, oh, my, my kid does this well, my kid does this well, but it might not always fit within your, your roster and what your needs are. When right. you're like, when you're looking at a kid, what are some boxes they have to check off for you to recruit that kid? So, you know, obviously you, you kind of start in certain leagues, you know, I mean, we, um, you know, here in the States, obviously, USHL, North American League is the, the two big hitters for NCAA Division One. Then you get up into Canada, you got the BC, the AJ. I think the AJ is kind of becoming the number one league, but that's my personal opinion. And then the Saskatchewan League, like we recruited heavily in it this past year. There were some some absolute ball players, and then uh, we were, we're fortunate to get them. You know, I mean, they put up points and they can fly. And so you're like, all right. Um, I don't get out east. I get asked this question every year, you know, like at the at America showcase, the high school showcase that's in my rink in three weeks. Yeah, I do a seminar and everyone's like, how come I don't see NCDC kids or kids CCHL or GoJ or OJ? And I go, hey, listen, it's I don't have anything against those leagues. It's nothing against them. It's just I'm in the middle of the USHL. I'm a five-hour drive from, you know, 75% of the league. Yeah. You know, I'm an hour from Springfield. I'm four hours from Janesville, you know, like I'm in the thick of it. And then I only have so much of a budget, right? That's just, it's a business. And for me, I can spend money and get up to Canada and, and get it, hit it, you know, and win my jackpots. So it's kind of, I tend to go there, you know, uh, everyone, everyone's got their, their honey hole, you know, like every team does. You yeah. can pull up anybody's roster and start to see a, 
that trend. That's a picture, yeah, where they get their pitch. Obviously, Big Ten schools, you're like, wow, the entire team's USHL, like as it probably should be. It's one league <laughs> in the world, you know. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, you know, you, you tend to what I look for first off is you know, let, let's use the USHL for example. Every kid in that league that is eligible is going D1, no questions asked. You know, it's just a matter of where do they fit for the teams. You know, so for us, we put a huge emphasis on what you're doing away from the puck. You know, like Trev might be skating down the left wall. I'm like, who cares? You know, I'm watching what the four other guys are doing. I want to know what you do away from the puck. You know, are you a cigar store Indian just, you know, stoic and standing still and watching? You know, are you a guy that checks off, sees a guy, you know, strides over two shifts to his right, puts a stick on a glove? You're not doing anything, you're not interfering, but just letting that guy know you got him covered and cutting his lanes. That's a big one for me is what you're doing away from the puck too. body language, you know, um, body language tells you everything. You know, if you go back to the bench and you're barking at somebody else, I'm like, yeah, I ain't going to do that on my bench, buddy. You know, like if you're going to be that guy that's <laughs> chirping and barking other guys in your room, you're, you're playing for the wrong two coaches because Rick's not putting up with it either. Trust me. Um, you know, so body language is a big thing. What you're doing on the bench, you know, what you do away from it, you know, and I want to see you frustrate. You know, if you come in and, throw a, a muffin of a bad pass and you just act like it didn't bother you. That bothers me. Like it should bother sure. you. You know, like show a little, <laughs> show a little frustration, you know, but show some frustration with yourself. Look at your partner and go like, Hey man, I got it. I will, I'll get you back next time. Trust me. You know, and own up to it. And you're going like, that's a man, you know, I, I, that's what I want. I want yeah. guys that can carry the freight. Um, we put a huge onus on guys that wear letters. You know, it doesn't, you know, if, if you were at, if you're a captain in the NA and you got called up to USHL, you don't have a letter. That's fine. I know you at one time had to see your NA. Um, we had an issue at the international title game last year where I remember, I think at the end of the first period, I could be wrong, but I think we were down two to one and I was livid. You know, I walked in our locker room and I mean, we don't really, you know, like there's a time and a place and Rick and I are kind of like, what did she say? And I said, we walk in and, one of the kids was just staring at us. He's like, he's, and, you know, we look around the room and everyone's called. And I'm like, okay, it was kind of weird. And they're like, coach, we got this. And they go, oh, yeah, we got 20 captains in the locker room, basically. And then we, we just went on and diarrhea the scoreboard. I think it was like six to two or eight to one, eight to two, eight to three. I mean, I mean just, and so you got to have trust in your players. But it's those awesome. guys have all led, they've led their rooms to where I go, this is why we recruited. You know, like when we started our recruiting process for NCAA hockey, you know, I said, you know, I want to have a Navy SEAL mentality. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of become cliche everyone uses now. So I tell kids, you know, like, I'm not the, the thinnest guy. Like, I don't need you to run through a wall for me. I need you to run through it, come back, and then make it wider so that I fit behind it. You know, like, that's the kind of MF that I want in our locker room. And you're willing to just eat shots, you know, and block shots, feel no pain, get after it for the team. You know, and I think that definitely helped with our success. Um, you know, obviously – I still growing pains after our first year of D1, but you know, that that's, that's what we look for. So it's, are you willing to do everything? You know, cycle back to your question. It's like what you're doing away from the puck, your body language, what are your habits on the ice? Are you willing to sacrifice and go and, and get after it? You know, that, those are the biggest things because everybody's different. I, I don't need 20 guys that are all magicians with their hands. You know, like you remember the old Nintendo game, you know, you could pick the skinny guy with the hands, the regular guy, the heavy guy that threw the body. You had to have all three to win the game. <laughs> it just depends. You know, the other thing is, you know, like when you go to some of these games, I've got to take notes on kids that are committed. 
you know, just so that, cause they might deco that happens right. a lot. You know, all of a sudden a kid decodes and you're like, oh, what, you know, and you want to be first on the line art. So I take notes on those kids. Uh, my eyes tend to go more towards the guys that are uncommitted clearly if I'm at a game, uh, you know, and then it just kind of, where do they fit? Where would I see them in our lineup? Does he, if I know Trevor's graduating, is this kid going to bring the same attributes that he has? You know, do I want an identical player to that? You know, do I want the same skill set? So um, I go into a game, obviously scouts, you walk in, everyone's got their, their lineup sheet. You know, it's got all the players, you know, in the logo. Some people are shocked. They've never seen it. And I'm going like, oh my goodness. You know, like your triple A teams, please <laughs> make those at games. Have them on Absolutely. your website. You know, there's nothing worse. I go watch a triple A game. And there's no nameplates on the jersey, and I go, I, I don't know who that is, you know, because yeah. if I go and find you on Elite Prospects, I don't know that's actually number 23, right? You know, or there is no 23, and I go, what are we doing here, you know? <laughs> right. um, so you, you get those lineup sheets, you know, or we got rink net, so I can already have my notes kind of set up in front. Um, you walk in. I tend to by the time I'm in a rink, you know, let's say November on, uh, I already have an idea who I'm there to watch. You know, and so it's just, you know, I call it the eyeball checks. You know, as a staff, we've put hours into the team. We have done our diligence. So it's one of those, like, we already got notes on everybody. Now I'm walking in, I'm fine-tuning. Like, what did we miss? What did the camera not get? You know, the camera can't see a kid's eyes. Did, did he just magically pull that pass out of the air? Or did he see it coming? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I tend to go stand not directly behind the net, but kind of off to the corner because I like to see the game north-south. You know, it's the goalie coach in me. So I can see that. I can see plays develop um, that. And I don't have to move my neck like this you know, <laughs> left to right, you know, like a cat watching tennis. But so you look at that stuff, you're, you're definitely looking for, you know, perseverance as well. The other thing is um, you kind of like to track the kid. I know on EP you can show everything he's done over the years. Like, is he consistent? You yeah. know, and not saying, oh, he's inconsistent, like he just came out of nowhere. Sometimes that's what you want. It doesn't hit ceiling, you know, and, and you need that. Um, like we recruited a kid, I think uh, the numbers will be wrong. I think maybe last year he had 20 points. This year he's at like seven. It's like, well, what'd you do all summer? And he's like, I did X, Y, Z, elemental P. And they're like, that's what I need. Because you put in the work, now you're seeing it fruition. Now we're going to push that envelope, make it even bigger. So that's, that's the stuff that I look for. I don't need the, you know, um, this is just my, my bias. You know, I had two parents. Well, we're four generations, five generations deep military in my household. You know, it's one of these things like I don't need what I call the, the junior hair and the visor tipped up. Like I, <laughs> I almost just, I don't need that stuff, you know, because that ain't going to float in our program. You know, sure. I, I want guys that are showing up and they look professional. They know what they're doing. Um, I'm also a guy that gets there early, you know, and I, kind of chubby at my elder age. So I just kind of sit off in a corner, you know, but I'm watching. I like to see who's out doing what for warmups, stretching, you know, and, and goalies, like who's doing juggling, who's who's just too cool for school, because that's going to tell me a lot about you. You know, like I, I I like to think I do a lot of recon on the guys that we're, we talk to and reach out to before we even get to that stage. So there's There's so much great information there, Jason, for like, not only kids who are looking to get recruited or, or have the ambition to play in college hockey, but also for parents, coaches, and advisors. That's awesome stuff. Trevor, what do you have for Jason? I, you know, I think the biggest question that I had, and it's even for my own insight to learn, is, um, you know, we talk about 
again, recruiting, everybody thinks it's like this huge pool of players, but how many kids are you really looking for in any given Good season question. to come well, in? So great question. Let me break it down and, and explain you the pool. So in USA hockey or in the United States, there's about 22, 23,000 kids per birth. Right. So in juniors in hockey, you got a five-year window. So right now it's, Oh, twos, two, three, four, five, sixes. Oh, sixes are can't be playing. So immediately right off the hop, you go, there's 110,000 American born players eligible to play junior hockey. You know, when you look at the the big two, you know, let's just say the USHL and all, I don't think there's 800 roster spots between the two leagues. You add in all the, you know, the, the other leagues. I don't even like saying tier three anymore. So most of you guys, it's tier two and a half, you know, <laughs> like the bar, no, but the bar is being raised and it's great, you know, but you add in everything else. And I think the number spikes up to about 3000 roster spots. So if you only had Americans playing junior hockey, you're at 2% of the entire player pool. Okay. Right. The problem with that is now you add in Canada, you add in Europe. So that player pool, you immediately lose 25% of it. You know, because some of the leagues can have more Euros and Canadians than others. You know, and obviously USHL, I believe you're still capped at four imports plus two Canadians. And you can have six Canadians and four Euros and two Canadians. The null might be the same. And some years goalies count, some years don't. But my point is, it's like that player pool in the the U.S. bottlenecks. So when people Mm -hmm. go, well, why aren't you watching high school hockey? I'm like, well, you know, because if I go to Minnesota and watch high school hockey, and I do, you know, but I'm not delusional. Those kids have got like six schools that are on their bucket list before, you know, <laughs> they, they they come to us. So it, it just is what it is, right? You know, <clears throat> we find our spots elsewhere, but in that bottleneck is what you're watching. So on average, an NCAA team without the portal, you're probably bringing in six, seven kids a year, you know, because you're carrying a roster of 26 to 28, 29 guys. So you're going, okay, that's seven kids per class. You know, yeah, in the portal, it's it just makes everything goofy. You know, like you can't you can't predict for the portal. You don't know. You can't predict it. You're gonna put a kid in. A kid puts himself in. Another kid that you wanted. You know, like uh, a kid that we were recruiting last year went somewhere, and we're like, oh, good for him. And then he put himself in the portal. He wasn't getting enough playing time. And you're going like, oh, you know, like now he's available. But it's it turns into you know, you only have so much money. Uh, my biggest advice to families is they all think every kid college scholarship. I, I watch families spend hundreds of thousands of dollars banking on their kid playing college for free. I go, stop. You know, you're limited to 18 scholarships. You know, like I said, 28 kids. Um, I throw a shout out to Jason at Maine. He had this and I, I, I steal it from him because I was like, what a great analogy. You, know, you got to figure it, think of it like a chocolate bar of 18 pieces. You know, you got to share that in the room. Well, the reality is your top six forwards, top three D and you're, you're starting two goalies each taking a full piece you know so 11 <laughs> pieces are gone and you're going like the 17 other kids you've got seven pieces to split you know not everybody's getting a piece there are guys that are full pay you know you hear the term walk on well walk on you know back in the 70s and 80s you showed up to a tryout and made the team that's not case anymore nobody does that now it's <laughs> meaning you're a full pay kid you know but and god bless them respect them the kids are willing to pay the price and they get the time so um, so I wish parents would stop thinking, oh, my kid, if I just keep, if I go to another showcase, if I, if I do more private <laughs> lessons, you know, it'll pay off. It can, I'm not saying it can't, but your odds are so narrow, you know, uh, like, why would you want to do that? You know, I mean, there was a, here in St. Louis, there was a family that, you know, it played 
for a club and you know they made the comment you know like well we wasted 200 grand trying to get my kid into this and you know the club fired back you could have chose any school in the country and just put in a hedge fund or you know a cd and then paid for his college you know, like kid could have gone to harvard <laughs> like, yeah, right, you know yeah. what i mean like like what, what, people you got the wrong process you know like for sure the system's not messed up. You know, if the system was messed up, you'd, it'd be haywire. It's not, you know, like everybody knows who's doing what. Right. So, that's no, that's great, great information. I, again, for me, like as uh, not only as a coach, but you know, just in general, it's, I've always been curious about how many players actually are you guys looking on that radar. And uh, that's some yeah. valuable information. So like, you know, we've got software systems, everybody does, you know, and then I'm still a big Google docs guy, you know, but it's kind of like, I can, see my roster next year. I know what leaves out, what the holes are the following year. And so you can start mapping out and projecting, um, you know, like right now I'm, I'm already recruited some of sixes, you know, they're not coming in for three years, but you're going like, whoop, you know, they're on page four of the dock. They're right. there. And then I know the holes that are got to fill in behind them, you know, and then we, I color code them. So it's like, ideally here's a, you know, a freshman, but you know, it'll say in parentheses, Oh, three slash Oh, four. You know, so you kind of know what birth years you're shopping in, um, right. you know, and, and so forth. So, you know, when you look at our roster, my entire decor was freshmen and sophomores. Wow. You know, so am I, re- am I really recruiting any defensemen? I got, and I have a, I have one D coming in next year, you know, but so when you look at it, you go, am I recruiting any D in the next two years? It's not to say that I can't, you know, if the, Ohio and kids out there and, you know, we make magic happen. Well, you know, you're also in today's sport where, you know, it, right. playing time's earned. And if, if, if something better is going to come along, it behooves us. I got to better our program, you know? So, but That's yeah, awesome. so you, the, there's a lot of projecting out, you know, it's not like juniors. I'll say this, you know, in the NA, you knew who you were aging out. You, you protected who you were returning and you had, open camps, you know, you'd have 300 guys at, you're like, okay, you know, we all saw through that whole thing, you know, and then you had a main camp with 60 guys and you were trying to fill out your team from there. And then you're waiting for cuts out of the USHL or, you know, even the USHL, you're having to try out 85, 90 guys and you narrow it down, but you were narrowing it down out of what was right there. You know, this isn't the case. This I've got to map out and project, you know, so that that's different from juniors. That was a, a learning curve. And then, you know, to go how we did it, they were an ACHA, uh, no pun intended, a powerhouse. You know, we still have an ACHA program. They're still phenomenal. Uh, I think there's three kids on that team that played in the mall. One was a full-timer for a couple years, you know, but um, he didn't show up thinking he was making our team. He knew what it, what it was, but he had D3 offers. And you go at the end, you know, I'm going to side ran here. You know, this is my pitch for ACHA hockey. People sometimes look down on it. I go, you're delusional and you're dumb because you've never watched it. It's phenomenal hockey, and these kids play the damn hearts out. And at the end of the day, you're going to college for four years. Put yourself to have the best experience. I coached so many kids here in St. Louis that went to Old Miss, had the best time of their life. You know, like <laughs> Old Miss versus some NCAA D3 schools up north. Like, it's not even the same. You know, like Alabama, like huge schools. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want that experience? You know, and the hockey's phenomenal. You know, and so like we have guys that come to our school, our entire ACHA program, every kid played juniors. You know, and it's it's phenomenal. You know, but when you look at those 
top 10 teams, they're all heavyweights <laughs> like that, Excuse you know, and, and it, it's great hockey. So, <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you twice. Yeah. You get you know, any so it's one of those, no, we're good. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think I got some of mine came in my stream. You know what I mean? No, but it's like, it, it's great hockey and, and you find a good fit, you know? So it's. There's so many kids that I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, you know, we don't, you know, our league is very much about um, putting kids into division two and division three, but you know, there's some kids academically that's not the right fit for them and, and who, can do other things. We've had two kids in the last three or four years go to, you know, NYU, um, really good academic school. And that they, they had some offers for, for you know, MassCAC schools. And it just it didn't, it wasn't comparable for the overall picture of what their life could look like if they go to that higher end academic school. So I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm in Illinois. You don't think a degree from U of I is a good degree? Like, are you kidding me? That thing's solid gold in the state. Why wouldn't <laughs> you want to go? That last time. <laughs> you know? but yeah, I know, but it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I didn't yeah. listen, but I don't, you know, I'll save my opinions for them. You know, but nonetheless, <laughs> you're going, here's a Big Ten school that's phenomenal, unbelievable campus. You wouldn't want to go there. If they had NCAA hockey, you'd want to go there. So, end of the day, you're willing to say, yeah, it's a phenomenal degree. Why wouldn't you go there? You know, like if you're playing tier three it's it's a phenomenal option yeah absolutely Um, uh, you know there's there's so many schools out there and i'm sure people say about us you know never heard it it's like okay i get that you know but you know right now we've got a carrot we can dangle you know but even even as an acha d1 team we commanded kids out you know like you you had the respect and you're getting high-end players you know our acha d2 team shout out to gary james and timmy phenomenal program great coaches they're still getting high end kids, you know. And like I said, respect to those kids. They're not they're not showing up trying to slide, you know, down the hall. They're not, no, they know what they came for, and they're like, let's have the best college experience we can. You know, they still get sticks, they get gloves. You know, they, they practice every single day. And I'm going like, you know, it's good hockey, and I don't Absolutely. think people give it enough. You know, and St. Louis ACHA hockey is outstanding. You know, Maryville, give them credit. John down there is doing a great thing. You know, he's got his programs going both on the men's and women's side. Uh, McHendry, he's got a good program. You know, then you've got SLU, SIUE, WashU, I think still has a team. Mizzou's got teams. I mean, you stretch it down to Springfield, Missouri, Missouri State, phenomenal program. It's unbelievable. If you're a kid in St. Louis, you know, shout out St. Louis, my home. But you have so many <laughs> hockey options, it's nuts, you know, so. Well, that's good stuff, Jason. Trevor, do you have anything – uh, last for, for Jason. No, I mean that's about it. Again, I mean, there's thanks for coming on. It was very informative here, and uh, yeah, you know, it was great information for parents and coaches for sure, and players, and even me. So that, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, thanks a lot, Jason, and uh, we appreciate your uh, your time and uh, your insight. You know, for you guys, anytime. You know, great <laughs> well, when the schedules line up. I know we had to up to get this, but yeah. always a pleasure. Love the hop back on. Uh, yeah, so definitely thank you to Coach Power uh, with Lindenwood University uh, for coming on. We definitely, I mean, Andrew and I both know we definitely could have gone a lot further with that conversation. And Coach uh, Coach Power definitely, I'm sure, would have loved, uh, definitely will have him on again because he's uh, absolutely, you know, he's just full of information. He's the one thing I like about Coach uh, Powers is that he's just, he's honest. He tells you kind of like it is. And, um, 
you know, he's he's got a unique way of telling you it, but uh, he definitely uh, he, he tells it. He, he gives you, you know, again, might not be what you want to hear, but he, he tells it like it is. So what did you uh, think of that interview, Coach? I thought it was a great segue. You asked a great session about a uh, uh, great question about uh, just the numbers game. And he gave a great breakdown in terms of, you know, the birth years that are eligible, who's playing junior hockey, how many kids are, um, you know, involved in hockey within those birth years. And then it's a pretty small number. But then he goes, well, we also recruit in Canada and in yeah. Europe. And it's like that that margin to get into uh, NCAA Division One hockey is pretty slim. So it kids is. have to keep their options open. And he made a great, you know, sales pitch for ACHA hockey and, you know, what they've done at Lindenwood with the ACHA program. So uh, it was really enlightening on that, that end. We always know the numbers, but it's like he spelled them out in great detail. How about yourself? No, and again, that was, you know, my big thing going into it was I've always, always been curious, you know, how that works because, again, you know, I know people in the college hockey, but I've never really actually sat down and talked about it. And, you know, again, with the transfer portal now, you know, that was a big thing for me. I was just like, you know, I'm curious about this. So hearing about it, I think it also kind of, it's a little bit of a, you know, a sobering information, I guess you could say of, okay, so this is what it really looks like to try and make that D1 level. Um, and I, I can only think the numbers are even smaller at the D3 level, um, which kind of puts it back into, you know, his and my, and, you know, all of our opinions of ACHA hockey is not a bad, is not a bad spot. And for a player to end up uh, both not only school wise, but also just compete wise, the quality, it's gotten so much better over the last 10, 15 years, even hell, even the last five years, it's gotten so much better. So uh, learning about that, you know, like literally how many guys are they looking to take? Um, and again, it's not, it's, it's small. It's not like, Oh, all of a sudden they're just turning over, you know, a class every year of, you know, full squad. Like in ju- you might with your junior team or even half a squad say they're aging out. It's four or five, you know, guys, and they're they're already branching out three years, you know, three four years later. So uh, that definitely was, you know, again, I really enjoyed that the whole interview as a whole. But uh, that was really kind of eye opening for me, and also uh, very informative. So and, and, you know, he mentioned a great, you know, just in terms of, you know, what his what his um, what his runway looks like when you know what. It, Birth years here, what defensemen, forwards, goalies here, and the investment of time and resources he's making in before he finally, you know, offers a scholarship or a partial scholarship or no scholarship, right. what that looks like to a kid. And uh, that's important to consider too is like, like, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's not just about, oh, I had a good weekend. I had a couple goals, you know, at, at this showcase. Because a good weekend is like a fart on the radar right. of, uh, of of a college recruiting process. No, like, yeah. It's, it's a multi-year process. Uh, and, you know, again, from my standpoint with the youth level of, especially, you know, my years with at the 16U and the 18Us and the, oh, we got, let's do this tournament or oh, let's do this one. Oh, they're going to have, you know, this coach is here or they're going to, you know, you know, my kid wants to get, you know, it's like, look, I, I know going to this tournament out here, there's not going to be a, NCAA Division One coach. There's not going to be an NCAA D three coach. There might not. There's probably not going to be ACHA coaches because where we're where we're playing, and you know, and he alluded to it. He's not. He's not taking really looking at guys. Not that it's anything against you guys on the East Coast, but it's just not in his wheelhouse. It's not in his yeah. budget. You know, and 
when I've had parents say, oh, let's do this, or why can't we play in this league? Because they do these showcases. It's like, look, it's, we're in the middle of, you know, we're in the middle of Ohio or it was, or Michigan or something. And I go, a lot of these teams, are, they don't have the time right now to come watch, you know, our yep. level of play. And if they, they're looking for, divi- you know, triple A players at this, at this time, if they're even looking at this, yeah, at that time, you know, and again, he alluded to the video, the instat, uh, all that type of stuff. So it, it's kind of, and it's, it makes me feel better because it's like, hey, I'm not making my, I'm just like, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Like the, their coaches are not, you know, they've only got a finite amount of time and, and resources, you said. So how much of the pie are they using and where's it going to? And no offense, but it's not going to our double A players at this point. You know, it's going to those kids that are really going to make a difference for them in the next three, four years at the highest levels. Um, if you can get yourself into those higher levels and then potentially be looked at, but again, it's kind of just putting things in reality and I get it. Everybody has their own visions of grandeur that we want. And, you know, especially as parents, they want, but like, Coach Trevor has somewhat of an idea of he's, what he's talking about. <laughs> so that's my own little toot in my own horn. But, uh, well, the one of the ways the initial way I met Coach Power was through Mark Kumpel. Uh, Mark Kumpel used to run the EHL. Um, he was a great mentor. He actually, um, uh, actually was coaching back in our league for on a short term basis this past spring. Um, but he ran. He recruited Coach Bauer to run a camp out in, in St. Louis as like an ID skate for our league. And that's how I first met Jason. Uh, but Mark really did a great job with our league in kind of changing that dynamic. You know, you, junior hockey used to be, oh, you, we're going to play on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We're going to get 300 fans in the barn. Uh, we're going to make it like a community event. But, you know, as junior hockey expanded, it watered down the event of junior hockey. Uh-huh. And Mark said, you know, our how we're promoting our league is we're making it attractive to college coaches and we're getting college commitments. So now you see out of our league, we have a lot of, you know, Friday games at, at 12 noon yep. because college coaches can make that game or a Thursday or Wednesday game at 12 noon. We have our showcases. They usually end on a Monday because college coaches usually give their kids, the you know, a Monday off during the season. Right. Um, and we kind of tailored it to what worked to the college coaches. He would get send out a questionnaire, he'd get feedback, and then he'd present that. Like we used to do a showcase down in Philadelphia. Well, there's only three or four NCAA schools in the greater Philadelphia area. So now we do them all in Massachusetts. And, yeah, that, that affects the travel budget for our southern teams. But where are our kids going? They're mostly going to Massacac schools, going to Nescac schools, going to uh, CCC and UCHC schools that are all located within an hour, hour and a half of greater Boston. So um, I think that's important to consider too is – if when you're getting recruited or you're recruiting kids, it's got to be about convenience. Right. And Jason really hit on that. No, for sure. And that's uh, it's one thing that I've always I've liked about the EHL model. Um, you know, I think I was God. This was I actually had heard about that ideology from Bill Zanaboni um, when I was at a uh, at a showcase. I forgot I was. Uh, I was a scout there for, but I said somehow like I got to sit on the panel and I looked, all I did was basically like hold the wall up. Cause I was just like, you know, but that's, that's a story for another day. But yeah, he had brought that up. Like, this is why we do this. This is why we do it. Uh, you know, our games at this time, this is why we played during the week. And I was just like, God, that makes so much sense. Why isn't anybody else doing that? But, um, yeah, so I, I love that. And I think it's, uh, you know, again, it really sets the players up for, you know, it gives them more uh, opportunity for success. 
Yeah, and you know, it might not get a hundred more commitments a year, it might not get thirty more commitments a year, but it gets one or two. And those kids, you know, like he said, it you know, if you get a choice a chance to choose between, let's say a kid has the same amount of points in Chicago, or as he does the same amount of kids in or a kid in, in Boston. And they're playing basically relatively the same level, but you get that kid in Boston on campus and you saw him at the rink in person and you have a little bit of a relationship, man, it makes it easier to sell that kid to your school because you know what you're getting. You have a better chance. It's like, you know, yep. buying groceries. You know, I, I could go to the place that way down the road. It might be a little bit better eggs, but I'm going right. to choose these because they're because of convenience. No, for sure. No, and again, I that's definitely an interview that uh, – Definitely got to go back and listen to again for everyone that's listening, even myself, because again, there's just so much good quality information, and um, you know, we'll definitely have to have him on again, and uh, you know, see if he can get steal a little bit more of that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, what do we got for our five minutes this week, Trevor? Uh, so we went. Uh, well, it was your call, so I we left it up to you, and uh, usually you're the one with the better ones. So it's. Uh, we're doing the five myths on uh, college recruiting, uh, but we're doing it from a player's uh, athlete's perspective. Uh, so, Coach, uh, you're the first. You, it's your topic. You go first. Okay. Number one, going there just to play hockey. You know, we mentioned this a little bit in the call with Coach Power. Um, it's got to be about the entire experience of going to going to college. You can't just be like, oh, the you know the first coach who talks to you, oh, he likes me as a player. Well, sign me up for four years at the tune of 30, 40 grand a year. No, you gotta, it's gotta be a school that fits academically. It's gotta be a campus that you like. That's, you know, that, that fits into your living and lifestyle. It's gotta have, um, and then, and then the hockey is just a piece of that. It's more than just, just the hockey. No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, again, as I said before, you're a student athlete um, at the end of the day. You know, this might be your last year of playing competitive hockey, uh, or not last year, but last four years. Yeah. Um. So you, you you've really got to get the most out of it. Um. And especially with you know your school, um, you know, and that's kind of what leads into mine was that you know the grades. It's you know grades are okay. I don't have to worry too much about my grades. It's like, well, no, you do. You know, again, for these colleges, as I said before, if you want to get recruited, um. You know, you need to keep your grades up. You need to have those testing and those scores. Got to keep them up. Um, you know, it's okay if you know. Again, as I said, you're not a you're not a most studious person. There's a lot of us out there. Um, you know, but that doesn't mean you can't at least try. Um, you know, again, a coach doesn't want to come in and see a kid who's got a you know a two point and or and when he could take a kid who's got a 3.0 and it's almost the same player. Like you got to, again, stack your stack the deck, put yourself in the best position to succeed. Um, and again, if you have a 2.0, I'm not sitting here saying like, Oh no, you, you're not going to be able to play college hockey. Like that's not what I'm trying to say at all. It's just, what are you doing to try to improve those grades? Because you can at least go in and say, you know what, you know, here, here's what my grade point average is. Cause I remember, I mean, you know, and again, this will go into when we're talking with the juniors, but I remember going and talking to players and I had to ask them like, Hey, what's your GPA? Because again, junior programs, you guys don't want to bring in a guy who's got a low GPA if you, because again, you don't know how it's going to track. You don't know what's going to end up happening with sure. that kid. And again, it looks better for you to have high, you know, intelligence. I don't want to say intelligence. intelligence is the wrong <laughs> word. Cause a lot of guys, as we said before, like, you know, Bill Gates didn't even finish college. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't, 
you want to be able to promote that you move players into high academics or they've improved their academics going not only their hockey ability um so yeah what i'm trying to get to this in so many words um it's just basically you can show improvement and when a coach says yeah you're like uh coach says what's your gpa and you're like oh, i got a 2.3 like okay and but you look at him and say but you know what i you know i struggled in this area here and there but I've taken on some extra tutoring classes or I've, you know, I've, I've been doing this. I've been trying to retake the class or, Hey, you know what? I just had a really bad freshman year of high school or, you know, whatever. At least if you're showing that effort, then as a coach, I can, you know, I, I feel more comfortable going in and saying, okay, you know what? This kid, he admitted that he, I, I appreciate that he admitted that he's got what he's got grade wise. What is, and he's telling me, you know, he's telling me all the right things. Now I just got to do my own homework and make sure he's doing it. And if he isn't good. So, um, you know, so again, more or less, it is your student athlete uh, at the end of the day. So um, make sure you're keeping those grades up. Yeah, and I, just to follow that up too, in terms of your number two there, um, as a as a player or as an uh, an athlete looking to go to schools, you know, you have maybe sixty NCAA Division One. You have only seven schools in NCAA Division Two, and about 80, 70 to eighty schools in Division Three. That's a pool of one hundred and fifty teams. So, and they're all over the map. And some of that are really high academic standards and some that are, don't have the greatest academic standards. So, but if you eliminate half those because you can't get in them because you have poor grades in high school. Yep. And that means, you know, a good portion of the division one, you might not even be a good enough player for. So now you're just left down to just a handful of teams, which you could even be good enough player for. Now, if you're a goalie, what happens with ha- half, half those teams already have goalies for the next three years because they have underclassmen goaltenders. So right. now you only have like one or two teams. So it's like really important. You open up as many options as possible by yeah. getting a good enough grade where you can get you in the most amount of schools. Simple right. as that. Keep your net open. Not really keeping your net open, but like, you know, keep yes. it, you know, no pun intended there. But <laughs> all right, coach, what do you got for number three? Number three, number three, does the coach like me? Question mark. What? Uh, so we're dealing with a little bit of an issue here. Uh, one player in particular, uh, you know, the coach really um, liked him throughout the year. He applied. He got into the school. He went on a visit. And the coach really kind of made him commit, commit on the spot at the Division three level. Said, you know, we really like you, but we want you to make a decision, like, now. And he said, well, then I'm in. And then he goes home and waits a couple weeks. And the coach said, well, I don't want the official commitment until, like, after we do player interviews at the end of the year. And he's kind of strung him along a little bit. It's like at a certain point you have to make a decision. Like I don't want to get gross and use the use the, the wrong language, but are you like friends with benefits, or are you like really in a relationship here? Right. You know what I mean? Like, does the coach really like you? If he doesn't really like you, then you know don't commit yourself to four years there because you want to be in a situation where the coach is like excited to have you on campus, is an advocate for you, and like. You're now you're part of the culture. If, if if he waffles on you, then if you got another year of junior, play that other year of junior. If you've got other options to explore, explore those other options. So um, I would say that you have to kind of read your coach and read the situation as best you can to find the right fit because you want to go to a place where you can play. No, absolutely. Um, and again, you it's, it's supposed to be, you know, they say high school's four years best year four best four years of your life you know part of the best four years you know college should be the same thing too and if you're 
going to the rink every day, you, you don't know where you stand, you don't, you know, you're not having fun, you don't like it, like, it's not going to be great four years. You're, for sure. you're setting yourself up for, you know, potentially you're setting yourself up for failure. I'm not saying you shouldn't have to go through like stressful times to learn how to, you know, deal with it, but you want to put yourself, as you said, in the best position to succeed. Um, know where you're at. There you go. That's what I'm going to say. Man, this is going to be a heavily edited episode for me. Uh, this is going to be good, though. We've got good information in there, and that's what it's all about. Trevor, what do you got for four? Uh, four is uh, I got to make sure that I got all these points. Uh, you know, <laughs> four, you know, basically is I need, a, I need to be a top point producer. Stats, you know, matter. And again, don't get me wrong. Stats do matter. Um, it doesn't definitely puts you on the radar. Uh, but even Coach Power, you know, he acknowledges in, in the interviews where he said, you know, I want guys that, you know, for his school, what he's looking for, you know, you can be, you can have great hands, you know, this and that. But, you know, you coaches want guys that are going to get in front of the puck. They're going to do the, you know, the dirty work that are going to be playing for the team. Um, you know, not just looking to light the lamp, just to pad their stats. And again, it, it definitely helps. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the game is definitely going in the want skilled players, but you can be a, you know, point per game player or just a little bit under a point per game player. But you know what? If you play, you know, as a forward, if you're defensively, you play well defensively in your own zone, um, you're responsible. I see you're out there on the penalty kill. Um, you know, I see that you're up, you're always playing against the other team's top line and, oh, hey, you know what? Now I can see why you as a player, you're not a point per game player or, you know, as a defenseman, you know, you're not. You don't got a ton of assists or this or that. Oh, I could see why. Well, it's because you, you know you're you're doing well in other aspects where some kids are just don't give a shit. Um, you know, and that really depending on the school and the club you're going to. Again, I mean, coaches. I mean, okay, so some of us are dumb, but I mean, most of us we're, we're not dumb. We we know what we're looking for, um, and we want those kids that are definitely going to be putting up the, uh, you know, playing for the team and doing the stuff that's going to really matter. Because again. When you go up to that next level, it only gets faster. It only gets more, more skilled, you know, tougher. Um, and we wanted those kids, especially, <clears throat> I lo- love that he said it. <clears throat> I really wanted to yell when he, uh, when Coach Power said it, I wanted to yell, yell it louder for those in the back of playing away from the puck. Like, for sure. Like, you've got to know how to do that because if you don't, the game's going to pass you by. And you're, I don't, we've got plenty of cones. I don't need cones. I don't need people that are just going to stand around. Um, so again, for me, it was, you know, points don't always matter. They don't tell the full story. So, you know what? If you're, you're in a cold streak, don't worry about it. Like keep doing the right things and it'll change. And as coaches, we notice those things. And as coach power said, you know, when he's looking at guys, they do their due diligence. They watch numerous games. It's not like they're just going to watch one. They're going to do one and done. I, I, yeah. I, I highly doubt that he's going to any showcase and watching a kid. For one game, and all of a sudden he's just pulling that kid, and he's here. Here's a scholarship. I, I guarantee that's not happening, for sure. You know, so make sure that that uh, that those that you're you're doing playing your best overall, and not focusing so much on the numbers because well, opportunity will come. Yeah, I would just say, you know, I, there's a lot of kids who are, um who were focused on just goals that I could tell some horror stories, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but there's two kids in mind who they're their play away from the puck and their play in special situations did make them attractive to colleges right from our program. You know, if you play a 60 minute game, uh, you know, you're going to have maybe 10 minutes of the game for power plays for yourself. You're going to have, you know, 40 minutes of five on five action. Then you're going to have some four on four 
uh, or special teams where you're, where you're down a man in, in the penalty kill. And if you excel in any one of those specific areas, you're making yourself more attractive to colleges. Uh, and we've had two players in the last, you know, six, seven, eight years who, you know, basically got to college because of their play as a penalty killer. Uh, Blake Harlow, um, he went to UMass Dartmouth. He was a kid from Alabama playing in our league. He was a good EHL player, but he led the nation the year he was uh, his second to last year as an eight uh, before his age out year uh, in at the tier three level in in shorthanded goals. He had like seven or eight shorthanded goals that year. Unreal. That's, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and then two, a couple years after that, during the COVID year, we had a kid Andrew Lantry, who uh, coached SUNY Potsdam, coach called Coach Tim Cunes and said. You know, we're looking for a kid who's as good in the locker room, um, can kill penalties for us, uh, can play in late game situations, is a good kid and academically could fit at our school. And he said, well, we have a kid from New York State, Andrew Lantry. He fits that bill. And now he's going into his junior year at SUNY Potsdam. So um, those things matter. And, and yeah. you got to you got to carve out a role for yourself. Oh, that's fantastic examples. All right. You got number five. What? uh Batting last here. What do you got, uh, Coach? Batting last. That's oh. <laughs> batting last on the one through five. Yeah, starting to sweat here. All the, Don't okay. worry, the, the, the lineup flips over. <laughs> <laughs> leveling up, leveling up. I've had kids say to me, "Well, you know, maybe I'll play a year at Division three, and then I'm going to play Division one, or you know, maybe I want to be here, but I always want to. I want to play there." You know, so leveling up. Uh, we had a coach in our league, Keith Coin. He played uh, Division Three Norwich, was a great player at coming out of Massachusetts High School Hockey, played at Norwich, was an unbelievable player there, and then played in the NHL. Yep, played I've... like 12 years of pro hockey. Uh, so I would say, and, and Jason alluded to this in, in when he said dominate. Uh, wherever you do go, focus on that level and being the absolute best player at that level. Don't be trying to level up. Well, if I'm good here for a year, then I'm going to go here. Or if I'm good here for a little bit, I'm going to cut ties and go to this school. No. If you're in college hockey, be the best player where you're at, and it'll lead to more things down the road. But those opportunities will come to you rather than you pursuing everything else. So I think leveling up is important. Oh, absolutely. And I love that, the whole, you know, dominate. You know, he he had his two Ds, he usually called them, you know, and I, I love that. Yeah, just dominate where you're at. And so, yeah, I mean, you never know where the hockey road is going to take you. And as you know, I said before, this could be the most likely it's your last four years of competitive, you know, checking hockey for some players. It might not be. And as you said, you know, with coach a coin, but it happens all over, you know, guys are going from D three to pro. I mean, I've seen guys have, they were playing ACHA division one and they've gone overseas and played, you know, at a pro level. You never know. It's again, those stories are few and far between, but you never know. Dominate where you're at. Focus on that, and then you know let the chips fall where they may. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Coach, I think this was a great episode. Very informative. Um, you know, again from your side, especially as a you know GM and coach, you know, with having to help try and move those players up to the college level, and then having Coach uh, Power on for uh, you know what they're looking for at the D1 level. Um, wish them nothing but uh, success, and while well, they're in their recruiting time now so uh but you as well and uh i think anything else before we sign off here 
No, you know, you pump my tires, you pump Coach Powers' tires. I'm going to pump your tires, Trevor. Oh, well, I appreciate that. You crushed it. You brought some good points up, and uh, I think we're we're hitting on all cylinders for sure. Good oh, job, buddy. This is uh, this machine's running. It's it's going. <laughs> it uh, there's no we got one speed, and that's go. So uh, I'm having fun. I'm having a blast. Hope the listeners are as well. I think uh, this one, and I think the next one definitely when we talk about. Uh, Really, your uh, your sweet spot with the junior, you know, recruitment because that's uh, what you're. Uh, that's the trail you're starting right now. You well, you've already been on and you've been doing, but uh, I think that's gonna be another phenomenal episode. So, uh, yeah, make sure you're uh, subscribed to our podcast here, the Hockey Toolkit, and uh, make sure you're also subscribed to uh, Coach Trimble's uh, Hockey Planner on Substacks, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll we'll have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> have a good one, Coach. You too, coach. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.